Hello and welcome back to the FEZ show. My name is Jack Jordan Maynard and we are one day away from the start of pre-season testing. So we have so much to discuss with driver announcements and also we look ahead to the start of pre-season testing. Why wouldn't we? Um, so with me today as ever is the one and only Edward Hunter and a new recruit to the Formula Rezone team, Jordan Hollands. Evening boys, how are you? Very well, thanks, Jack. And uh, it's good to have Jordan with us as well. Yes, good to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me on. I can't wait to get started for my first Formula V Zone show. Thank you. Right, boys, we've got so much to talk about. Ed, I'm going to throw it over to you because Neo. Neo have announced Tom Blomquist. Okay, so obviously there was a lot of rumors over the season, over preseason. Who was going to get that drive? Obviously, Daniel Apt. Um, took over in Berlin and there was a lot of talk that Daniel App could get that seat but then Tom Blomquist did the pre-season well the in-season testing the 15 days now that Neo have become a actual car manufacturer for well not a car manufacturer technically Neo is the sponsor but they've become a manufacturer they've built their own powertrain they are not using a two-year-old powertrain from Dragon anymore so I want to get your thoughts though on Tom Blomquist because he did the testing with Oliver Turvey obviously did impress got that Super Bowl appearance in Berlin but I just want to get your immediate reaction to the Tom Blomquist signing yeah well I always thought Tom Blomquist never really got a uh, fair crack of the whip at Formula E he had a couple of races with Andretti if you remember um, in season four where basically he was supposed to start off season four and then they got uh, Kamira Kobayashi came in and did like Hong Kong I think and then Bonkus got to Marrakesh where he scored a couple of points, I think. And then he got replaced by Sarazan. And then he was out of it for a few seasons. Uh, got that little opportunity with Jaguar because Collado had the clash with uh, World Endurance, with Ferrari. And um, yeah, so Tom Bonkus is back. And I think Vincent Wang, who's the CEO of Free 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 Lysheng Shanghai Racing, basically said, uh, oh, it was like... Uh, fate because I commentated on Bonkus and was impressed by him before so it was like fate that has uh, brought him back to us or something like that which I thought was a little cheesy but uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes I think the big test will be how Bonkus compares to uh, Oliver Turvey we saw Daniel Att was able to keep up and definitely a big improvement on Martin Qua. I think Bonkus should at least keep the upward trajectory going but we'll have to see uh, I think a lot of people will, might be a bit surprised that Daniel Act isn't there I sort of got the sense that Daniel Act didn't want to be stuck with an uncompetitive car personally and that maybe he didn't really think it was for him but what I want to think though with Neo Jordan now becoming you know having that manufacturer status getting that 15 days testing they're on the up they look like there's a team on the up from having a Neo powered uh, a Dragon powertrain sorry before an old one from season five last season obviously going to season seven new powertrain that team could be on the up but what I want to ask is Daniel App do you think if it was a normal non-pandemic kind of year that Daniel App could have got that seat because he could have they could have easily flown over to the UK you know no quarantine needed no nothing needed um to to race for this season but because Tom Blomquist is English easy to get him into the car to do some testing and you know they can evaluate Tom Blomquist very easily there they can see if he's doing well there's no competition technically with him and Daniel Lapp there maybe fighting for that seat so it sort of fell into Tom Blomquist's hands maybe that seat and maybe in a normal sort of place if we were in a normal place we're not like anytime soon uh, maybe Daniel Lapp could have got that seat 
Yeah, definitely. I think the coronavirus pandemic has had a bit of an influence on who's got that seat. Obviously, it's been Tom Blomkist, but obviously he's had to work hard to get into that seat as well. You know, he hasn't just been given it. He's been given it on merit based on his performances in previous seasons as well. So I think he definitely deserves it. And, you know, as you quite rightly alluded to, you know, Neo as a team are looking on the up now. They've got that new powertrain, so it'll be interesting to see how the car develops over the season, um, how it becomes stronger and how Tom actually can cope with the demands that I'm sure Neo will put onto him. It's a shame for Daniel Apt, I think. Um, maybe he would have got the seat if, you know, coronavirus wasn't a thing, as I'm sure we all wish it wasn't. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll be back. He's a top, top driver who made a mistake which I know he regrets but at the end of the day he's got the credentials to get himself another very good drive in the in the series do we think Ed do we think that I'm gonna make a bold statement here and I always make bold statements well, but I'm looking forward to. to this one right is Daniel Apt's career over is his racing career over now I say this because let's go back let's just rewind let's rewind to that apology video right and you know, he was sort of talking about going in a different direction, right? And you sort of alluded to in your answer previously that, you know, maybe he wasn't really looking for that type of seat or that sort of opportunity. And he's always, he's been doing some tons of social media, tons of videos that he's been creating on YouTube. And he's been sort of maybe, I'm not saying his mind was in somewhere else, but maybe his mind was towards somewhere else thinking about future career outside of racing. And now that, you know, the Formula E thing is kind of done, and, you know, do you think Daniel App will pursue a racing scene? Maybe not in Formula E, but somewhere else, or maybe we'll try and get back into Formula E at some point. Or do you think this was, you know, what was meant to be? He was sort of hinting at, you know, taking a break from racing. And do you think, you know, he's going to go on and move on to other things? Or do you expect him to be in a racing car somewhere at some point in 2021? Yeah, I think there's still a lot of goodwill in the Formula E panic for Daniel. Uh, there was even after, in the immediate aftermath, I know a lot of people were saying that they felt he was a bit hard done by. I can't see him ever going back to Audi, for instance, but I could see maybe the uh, Ab Sportline team, of course, run by Hans Jürgen, his father. I could see Hans Jürgen giving him another go. If uh, I think at the end of the day, as a racing driver, racing drivers, it's not such an easy thing to quit racing. It's a bit like a, a, a certain kind of addiction to adrenaline and racing. It's, 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 a, it's a hard habit to break. Uh, but at the same time, I do sort of, yeah, acknowledge that he's focusing on other things. Recently, he's been a judge in that um, formerly talent call competition, and he decided I wasn't good enough, apparently, to get into the last four. But, <laughs> but I'm not going to hold that against him. Because I can sort of understand why, but uh, but anyway, um, I, I, this one's supposed to be about him, isn't it? Not me, but <laughs> but yeah. So I think I don't think we've heard the last of Daniel Apt yet. I could maybe see him coming back as a commentator in the short term, but I wouldn't be surprised if we heard him maybe going to Extreme E in the future. What's your thoughts, Jordan? Do you think this is the end of Daniel? Apt? Oh, could he maybe? I think he might be a good pundit. I think he might be onto something there, Ed. Um, but do you think you will see him in a racing car soon? Or do you think his attentions will have turned to something else? I think, well, as Ed alluded to in his answer, obviously Daniel Wapt became a judge for the Formula V Open Talent Call competition this year. And I think that sort of portrays and foreshadows maybe where his career is heading. 
I think he is going to be looking at the um, more media roles within the sport, uh, becoming a pundit, because obviously he'll have like, insight on energy saving, how the car drives, how it handles, and what the other competitors are doing, because obviously he'd have raced against them before. Um, I don't see him getting in a car for 2021, either in Shreemi or elsewhere, because, you know, all the seats are filling up very, very fast. I know uh, Jamie Chadwick was announced yesterday for the uh, Extreme E as well, driving for Veloce or Veloce. So, um, yeah, I don't see him being in a car for next year. But if he becomes a pundit, then I think that will give a great insight. And let's be honest, he's still a very popular figure within the paddock and the wider community as well. So it'll be good. I totally agree. I don't think we've seen the last of Daniel Rapp in a racing car or in and amongst the Formula E paddock. I wouldn't be surprised, especially when we go to Germany next season, if he is in, you know, the the commentary team with with Jack and Dario. But let's move on to another team who have announced a driver. And, you know, when when Tom Blonkers was announced, someone said to me, right, Daniel Lapp's going to Mahindra. Could this open the door to Daniel Lapp for Mahindra? And I was like, whoa, you, you, you're you coming at me with like that? And I was like, surely not. But then because Tom Blonquist had signed, I thought, oh, how hard would that be on Alex Lynn if Daniel Lapp had come in and stole his seat? But thankfully, I think Mahindra finally, a team has had a sensible call on Alex Lynn and they have signed him for season uh, season seven. Um, Ed, so let's talk about Alex Lynn because I wanted to rewind. Let's rewind back to season four, right? Alex Lynn jumps in in the Jaguar, does a stunning job, absolutely stunning job in that Jaguar, taking over from uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. He doesn't get signed on from that team for season five, right? And then all this debacle about with, with James Collado and, and, and teams that they drivers that they've signed and it hasn't really worked for Jaguar. And maybe they missed a trick on Alex Lynn. And we asked that question to Alex Lynn yesterday um, in the press conference that, that Mahindra had. And we sort of said, is this a chance for him to prove a point? To prove a point to Jaguar, to prove a point to the FE teams that he deserved a seat. And he said he did. He said, I've done enough to deserve a seat in Formula E. Would you agree with that? Uh, unequivocally, 100% agree with what you said, Jack, that Alex Lynn has proven that he deserves to be I think you, you, I think you're getting the seasons a little bit mixed up because it was season five where PK left and he got put in and then he got snubbed for season six, I think. But uh, I think season four, he was with Virgin or DS Virgin. As my mistake, my mistake. Yeah, you're 100%. And he had a really difficult year where he sort of got completely eclipsed by Sam Bird, who is now in that Jaguar seat that Lynn was competing for not so long ago. So um, it's funny how these things work out. But yeah, I think um, I think Alex Lynn, he definitely sounded like someone who wanted to prove he deserved to be there full time. He's had to really, uh, we've seen a lot of drivers who sort of, I, I wouldn't say they don't take Formula e seriously, but they maybe don't go in with quite the same commitment as uh, some of the others. And Alex Lynn, uh, for the commitment that he's shown, he's not really been given the opportunity that I think uh, up until now that he perhaps deserves. And I think it's really good that Mahindra have um, put their faith in him and uh, put him alongside the other Alex, Alexander Sims. They seem to be a pretty solid team. So we'll have to see how, that, how they get on, especially because they've got a new powertrain Mahindra. Uh, made by ZF, who they partnered with last year. That's finally bearing fruit, that partnership. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But yeah, things looking up for Alex Lynn. Jordan, what do you think? So obviously, Alexander Sims, Alexander Lim, Lynn, Lynn, you know, can't pronounce phonics. Not my, not my strong suit. Um, 
Let, they, it looks like a good a good lineup for Mahindra, right? I think they've had obviously they've had good lineups before. Jerome D'Ambrosio and Pascal Verlaine were no slouch, right? And obviously Alex Lynn coming in was no slouch. I don't think Mahindra have struggled with uh, a driver lineup. I think what they've struggled with is getting a powertrain. Ever since Felix Rosenquist has left that team, Mahindra have just been a bit iffy, just been a bit up and down, a bit streaky. And hopefully this partnership with ZF will sort of help them move back because they're a team that they're the underdogs in my opinion in Formula E. They're a team that can get a podium and will be like that racing point in Formula One. You know, they will come in, they've got a good base and they should be able to challenge if people muck up. And I think they've got a good solid driver lineup again. If this technical power partnership and powertrain works this season, they could be a dark horse. Yeah, definitely. I think so. You know, Mahindra have got the two Alexes now, Alexander Sims. We all know what he's capable of from um, his seasons with the uh, BMW team. And I was looking at Alex Lynn's results from the Berlin races earlier on, and he finished outside the points in the first three. But then after that, as he got used to the car, as he got used to the team and the way they work, he followed that up with three very good, consistent points finishes. And I don't think that's an easy feat, to be honest. I think, you know, it would have taken a lot of getting used to. The procedures were different because obviously it was in the height of the coronavirus pandemic. And I think he really showed his potential this year and he's been re rewarded with a full-time drive. Um, I think it will be a year for consistency for Mahindra, you know, scoring consistent points, challenging for a podium and a race win here and there, and then they can build on that for the following season. I think a consistent year is what they need. Ed, do you think this is a big year for Alexander Sims? Okay. Now, poor Alex. I say this all the time, right? He is just one of those drivers where you always just have to ask a question about his future. He's just signed a deal for Mahindra. But you're thinking, like, this is a big season for him now, right? He was outshone, really, by Maximilian Gunther. Sort of outshone as well by Antonio Felix da Costa as well in both of his seasons in, in BMW. Loses his BMW seat. Um, signs for Mahindra. Still a, a solid driver, right? Can't forget he's a race winner in Formula E. You can't forget that. But now that he's in a new team, he's made that commitment. A team has put faith in him. You want to see that talent pay off now. You want to see that more, you know, put that qualifying performances. He's very good and put that finish off in the race. Okay, you want to see more of it. So do you think it's a big season for Alexander Sim? Because Lynn has shown Lynn is not going to be a slouch as a teammate. Lynn came in, as Jordan said, was pretty strong, you know, the qualifying performances, what stands out for me, was he was straight into Super Bowl. The Mahindra just did not have a race car, so it just plummeted down the field. So if the car is good this season and Alex Lynn is putting it into Super Bowl and Alexander Sims isn't, could alarm bells be ringing by the time we get to Diria? Yeah, I suppose because Sims was signed first, there's the sort of perception that he's the one that's going to be leading uh, the Mahindra squad. I think Sims' strengths is that he's technically, he's a very sound driver. That he gives a lot of really useful and valuable feedback and I think that should help the team in terms of development I think he was sort of expected to lead uh, BMW last season and he started off very well you got that first win in Saudi Arabia and then his season sort of trailed off a bit it was very inconsistent unfortunately and in Berlin he was almost barely in the points sadly while Gunther was you know inconsistent himself but still able to snatch a win here and there so I think there's a lot of pressure on Sims uh 
but I think Lynn will actually maybe push him to be a bit strong. I think the fact that it's a it's a smaller family sort of team, it's a sort of reset for him, I think, as well, uh, after he was sort of getting into almost kind of negative spiral at the end of the MW, where he was sort of expecting to fight for the championship and, like I said, struggling to score points. So here, if he scores points for Mahindra, it won't necessarily be seen as, oh, he should be doing better. It should be, it'll be seen more as, well, that's where Mahindra is at the moment. So I think there's a bit less pressure on him apart from the fact that you've got Lynn on the other side of the garage, who's going to be probably pushing him all the way, if not being ahead of him. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. I think it could be a case of uh, Lynn having that previous experience with the team, might have the upper hand at first, but Sims might gradually get on top. And also he's just got to stay out of trouble, really, because Sims always has something unlucky happening to him, seemingly. So he needs to get into a positive streak, I think. Uh, Jordan, I want to be positive about Sims. I, I, he's an absolutely top bloke like a great guy great guy to talk to um and deserves all the success that he's had he's had in Formula E but I just want to do you think it is a big season for him and if he does answer those critics because the critics are still going to be there on him um in terms of you know is he a driver that can compete in Formula E and everyone here I, I I could say wants that to happen but we still have to ask the question um yeah, I think it comes down to expectation, really. Obviously, when he was at BMW, he had that expectation upon him to challenge for the championship, challenge for regular race wins. Whereas, as Ed said, you know, at Mahindra, it's a smaller team. It's a family-run team. It's a team that struggled with consistency and, you know, consistently scoring points. So if he can do that this year, he'll silence the critics, no problem. And with the new powertrain... And with his capabilities as a, not in, not only a racing driver, but a Formula E racing driver as well, with Alex Lynn as a teammate, I, I really do think that he can silence the critics that has sort of been brought on to him this year. Um, I, I, I don't know. If he doesn't have a strong year, do I think Mahindra will get rid of him? Well, maybe, potentially, but, you know, the season hasn't even started yet, so we we don't want to write him off too soon. Um, but no, I, I think he'll do really well this year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he can progress. So am I. I'm being unbelievably cruel. I know it. I know I'm being unbelievably cruel. I know. But I just feel like, oh, you've got to ask the question. You've got to say it because it was just, it was all about Sims. I really want Sims. Sims, if you're listening, answer those critics. Go answer them. Um, but before we... Well, before we talk about preseason testing and, you know, who we've, we're looking at seeing and over the next, you know, three days um, of action that we're going to get, I want to talk about a little bit of news, which we crept up, that crept up in a, in a few reports that um, we obviously we know some information about. So there was talks about, and you always get talks about teams potentially leaving um, Formula One, and it's the same in Formula E. We know there is a team up for sale. We, we don't know what that team is, but we know there's a team up for sale, and we know that two are looking for investment and there has been talk that you know teams might if they don't get said investment or they don't get sold that they may be you know saying well we're gonna we're gonna leave um so ed what do you make of that you know are these little threats that you know are starting to sort of rumble or you know or are, do you see these threats as we're gonna leave if we don't get investment but do you see that as maybe a tactic that teams might play say, well, we're going to leave if we don't get investment. And someone might go, ooh, like an American Ford company maybe or a Chevrolet or a other car manufacturer go, ooh, hang on a second, there's a team here that maybe we can get into and get into the electric 
powertrain market and maybe keep that team afloat or, or just simply running. Um, so what do you make of these claims that have been sort of circulating over the last couple of days? Wow, you really want Dragon to get into bed with a US car manufacturer like Ford or Chevrolet, don't you? Needs to happen! Needs to happen! I feel like he's had a couple of opportunities at this point, Jay Penske, to make that happen, and he's decided not to, so... We'll see. Maybe it's not the right time yet, Jack. But, but, uh, However, before you go on, we still don't know. Dragon might not be up for development. They might not be looking for investment. They might not be the, the team that we're looking at. We have absolutely no idea who these three teams are. Although, part of me to have a guess, and I'm going to bring that team in that I think might be one of those teams, because I think with what's developed with that team over the last couple of weeks of the off-season, I think that could be quite interesting. But what do you just make, Ed, of what um, those talks have been about? Yeah, well, we've, we've known for a little bit of a while. We know there's a team that's trying to get into Formula E at the moment in the form of Scuderia E, run by, of course, Gianfranco Pizzuto, who you spoke to before. But, um, yeah, it's, it's all, I think, I, I, I genuinely don't think there's a sort of negotiating tactic going. I think when we've, we're in the middle of a pandemic, money's tight at the moment. These teams at the back who have not got big manufacturers paying the bills are sort of literally, look, we need to keep the lights on here. Uh, we need more money if we want to continue. And you could see for a team like maybe Neo 333 or Dragon, perhaps this is potentially a make or break sort of season in terms of if they don't score the points or they don't get the prize money, then it could be difficult for them to continue. And that might not necessarily be game over, but they might have to really uh, uh, make sort of certain steps to continue their survival in the sport, of course. So it, that would be interesting. We could also see, I think, with so many manufacturers, the one that inevitably loses out could start to wonder why they're investing so much money in Formula E. So I, I think I think it could be from either end, possibly some of the pullouts might might happen. I think with so many with such a crowded grid we've got at the moment, because we've got all twelve slots filled in terms of teams. So I do think sooner or later something may have to give. And it'd be a shame because I like all the teams already overall, but uh, I think change sometimes it's necessary and especially when we're going through such upheaval at the moment in the world that not everyone can keep the lights on. Yeah, and talking about Scuderia E, so the Scuderia E talks have stalled. Um, I have been in contact with Gianfranco, and um, they have stalled out a little bit. So, obviously, like, offers were put on the table, and obviously things must have not gone right, or for whatever reason. Um, so, but as I spoke to Gianfranco, when I spoke to Gianfranco, it was just a, just a conversation that we had afterwards. Is that he said, we still got time. You know, our aim isn't to bit get into the championship really till season nine. So they've got they, they were trying to get a deal done, see if they could maybe get on the grid for season eight, uh, maybe use a powertrain as be a power customer team as they got their powertrain ready for season for season nine, uh, just to get some experience. But you know, it, it didn't work out for whatever reason, and so. But he says we still got time to to locate a deal. So it could be negotiating strategies um, potentially by these teams. Um, but at the same time, again, as you said, with the pandemic and with stuff like that going on, you can understand that teams are like, well, if we don't perform, then maybe we can't keep running. And obviously motorsport is expensive. But Jordan, this is going to be really horrible as this is your first thing. But I'm going to throw you this curveball and I'm going to see how you deal with it. Um, Envision Virgin Racing. Now, for some reason, I think, could this team be one of these teams that is looking for a way out or a slight name change or maybe some form of sell-up or maybe Mr. Richard Branson may be looking to 
you know, maybe sell off his Virgin Racing shares. And I only say this because Sam Bird was their pride possession, right? And Sam Bird is now left, right? Sam Bird is gone and they left with Robin Frienders and Nick Cassidy. Now, that's not a bad driver line, but I've just been thinking Richard Branson was very active as a Formula E advocate um, in the first couple of seasons and he's gone a bit quiet. And you know what Richard Branson's like? He likes a bit of wheeling and he likes a bit of dealing. And things aren't really going or the team's not really winning. Like Virgin Racing's there or thereabouts, but sometimes they're there, sometimes they're in the middle, sometimes they're nowhere, and sometimes they're brilliant. And I'm just thinking, there's two teams that we know want investment or one team that wants to be sold. And, you know, Envision has stepped in, taken a lot of the financial shares of that. Do you think maybe Richard Branson might have something in there, maybe thinking, you know, this could be a good time to, to pull the plug on, on Envision Virgin Racing and, and take that Virgin Racing brand away from the series? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, was, it was my fault. It was my fault, right? And I just thought, let's discuss this because we're been thinking about teams who could, be, and we've gone through the likelihoods of Neo's the Dragons, but I, I know for certain Neo is not up for sale. I know that. Then you think, well, they've got to be Dragon, but it can't be Venturi. They're in a good... And then who is left? It's got to be... When you're thinking about it, the only name that sticks out has to be Virgin Racing. Yeah. Um, I know you talked about Sam Bird there. Um, and I did think when Sam Bird left the team uh, over the summer, I thought, oh, you know, this, this could be... A bit interesting, you know, Sam Bird's been with the team from the start, I think, and he's provided them with race wins. He, in that brilliant season the other year, he battled for the championship right the way through. And if it wasn't for maybe a bit of bad luck and a couple of DNFs, he, he could have won it. Um, so, you know, maybe it's getting to a point where Richard Branson is thinking, you know, I haven't secured or got what I wanted to out of this project because let's be honest for him it probably is a project you know to see how Formula E, Formula e can help him in the future with other business proposals and things like that so um yeah maybe he's thinking we're gonna sell up maybe they're struggling with money and that is a reason why they let go of Sam Bird or why Sam Bird didn't sign a new contract or you know whatever the situation was um it will be interesting to see if another manufacturer kind of uh liaises with them and comes into the series uh <laughs> I know we mentioned about you know the whole scooter ear link and stuff like that uh I think that would be a name that everyone would love to see in Formula E. It would be absolutely awesome. Um, and a real credit to the sport and, you know, for how far it's come to be, uh, to have these professional manufacturers and these highly renowned manufacturers wanting to come into the championship. Um, and that's the thing, I think, with, you know, electric sport and, you know, saving the planet and everything else that's going on in, in this world, Formula E is quite, um, what's the word? It's quite glamorous. It's quite appealing to people to want, in, to want to come in. So, you know, if it is a strategy, then fair play to Richard Branson or, and whoever, whoever else. It sort of showcases what he is about. And as you said, he is a wheeler dealer. Um, if it is serious, then, you know, it is a shame to, you know, lose that team or, or have that rebrand. But 
you know, we'll have to wait and see. It will be an interesting year with Robin Frans and Nick Cassidy, uh, two very good drivers, especially especially Robin Frins, you know, in the DTM, he's won races and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, time will tell. Well, can time I will just... tell. You did, you did well oh, with sorry. that. <laughs> can I just have my uh, two cents on it as well? Sorry, but I, I think you'll make some great points there. But if you notice with... Um, if you notice with Virgin, they've repainted the car because it used to be purple, literally, I guess, because of Virgin, because that's their branding. And this year, they've decided to go for this sort of dark blue livery. And we know that Sam Bert, one of the part of the reason why he went to Jaguar is because they were offering him more money than Virgin was. So I think there might be something to that, Jack uh, and Jordan. You might, you might both be uh, onto something there. I would be surprised to see him leave, but uh, I sort of really like the team and, and hope they don't. But I always sort of associate it as Sylvian Felipe's team because he's the team principal rather than Branson. And that's, I guess, how absent Branson's been in recent years, not even before the COVID-19 pandemic. I just think, honestly, there's got to be something there. There's got, it was Sam Bird's team, right? That was Sam Bird's team. Why do you jump ship from your team, right? to go into someone else's team in Mitch Evans, right? It's going to be a great battle. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to the Mitch Evans-Sam Bird battle. But that's like Lewis Hamilton joining Red Bull, right? It's like it's like going from your team to somebody else's team and, and delivering. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then that's the end of Sam Bird, in my opinion. Um... But what I want to do, because we're coming towards the end, and I want to talk about pre-season testing, because obviously pre-season testing is now a day away. By the time this is out, it's a day away. Um, f- less than 24 hours by the time this probably comes out, testing would have would have been started probably. Um, so I want to say, who needs a good showing? Um, we talked about Sims earlier, probably needs a good showing, but I'm going to throw a name out there that signed for BMW, Jake Dennis, because there's a lot of scepticism about whether or not he should have got that C. Obviously, BMW have seen something in him, right? And Maximilian Gunther has shown, like, a lot of talent, and we pitched possibly Oliver Turvey going in there. So, Jordan, I want to think, does Jake Dennis need to have a good testing session to prove that he can be in and about Maximilian Gunther? Because I think the early spotlight could be on him, because if he's not close to Maximilian Gunther, then people might say... Well, why did BMW sign this guy? Right, especially as he's replacing Alexander Sims, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Jake this year to prove himself not only to the team, but also to the Formula E fans. And I think he has got to go in there with a sort of a, a Daniel Ricciardo when he moved to Red Bull in 2014, you know, to show Maximilian that, you know, you're, you're not the number one. I'm going to come in. I'm going to give you a real good battle. I'm going to prove myself. I've been working hard and stuff because I do believe that Jake Dennis is a very good driver. You know, we've seen it in other categories as well. Um, so I think he'll do very well. Uh, it will be interesting to see how quickly he um, sort of acclimatizes himself to the BMW team and uh, replacing Alex Sims as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see in Valencia how he sort of changes his approach maybe and how he's sort of changed his driving style uh, the differences between him last season and in previous seasons to now but for certain he's got to hit the ground running he's got to go in he's got to 
he's got to prove himself and he's got to show what he's capable of straight away because if he doesn't, then questions will be asked. I think for me, Ed, uh, moving on, you can take have your say on Jake Dennis in two seconds, but I want to bring on another team very quickly and a team that's close to your heart is that Neo 333 team, okay? New powertrain. They've struggled for the past two seasons. They have been a back-market team. They've got this new powertrain. It's their first time they're going to show it off in front of everybody. It has to work, right? It can't be a back-of-the-team. They can't be a back-marker anymore, Neo. They've got this new powertrain. If they make a new powertrain and they're still at the back of the grid, then more questions are going to be asked by the, the owners of that team of whether or not this is the right thing to be doing. So I think it's a huge testing a huge three days for that neo free 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 team i think you're absolutely right jack and the big um if you remember last season um free 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 Sheng racing shanghai basically bought the team on at the 11th hour they bought it off of neo and uh, basically got barely any mileage at all in testing and then just went to saudi arabia so did, at least they're better prepared it looks like they're going to be better prepared this time but if they're stuck in the garage and not running on track uh, then it's not going to be a good look for them. So it's really going to set the tone for how their season is going to go. So fingers crossed. Uh, I, I think for the drivers, a lot the new drivers as well, and the rookie driver, it's just going to be about mileage. Uh, for someone like Jake Dennis, particularly, who's done most of his work in the simulator rather than on track at this point for BMW and the Formula E car. So I've, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be end of the world if he's like a second or maybe a couple of tenths off of um, Maximilian Gunther. But... Um, as long as you get the mileage in, that's going to be the encouraging thing in, from my perspective. Uh, in terms of other people to watch for in testing, I think Pascal Berlin is going to be interesting because he hasn't done, uh, he wasn't doing those last six races in Berlin. He's only ever done sort of private testing with Porsche. And there's this situation where they've got Lotterer, who's the lead driver, of course, and they sort of see Verlein as like the future for Porsche. So it'll be interesting to see how his first few days with the team sort of in public testing really go. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I assume Verline would do well, though, to be honest with you. He's a very good driver, fingers crossed. But he's um, been out of it for a while, is this what I'm saying? Well, not six races, but in nine days he missed. Um, I think he'll be okay, but fingers... But yeah, if he doesn't hit the ground running for Porsche, then again, I think questions will be answered. Jordan... Anyone on your mind that you're thinking, you know what, I want to see something from you over the next three days? Um, maybe not a driver that's been struggling, but it'll be really interesting to see how Jean-Éric Verne bounces back from what was a troublesome year last year, you know. Antonio Felix da Costa come into that Chiquita team and really shook up the playing field, you know. He, he come in and sort of what I was saying, what Jake Dennis maybe needs to do for BMW, you know. Felix da Costa come in, he, he was aggressive, straight away he was winning races, he was on the same pace as Jean-Oak Verne, and, and he just had that aura about him that, you know, I know I'm probably coming in and people are going to perceive me to be the number two, but I'm going to show you I can be number one. And I think that maybe not not scared Jean-Oak Verne, but I think he made him realise that, oh, well, hold on a minute, I've got a battle on my hands, and you know, he, he did have some bad luck, but I don't really think he reacted to it at all. So I'm looking for, for a reaction from him this year because I think he needs to do it. Uh, not because I think he'll be out of a drive, but just to sort of prove to people what sort of champion he is. And, and I know he retained the title and stuff like that, but 
yeah, I think coming back from a troublesome year, he certainly has a lot to prove. Yeah, I would. It's going to be very interesting to see how Jeff does this season, boys. That is all we've got time for. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ed. It's a pleasure as always. Uh, no worries, Jack. Jordan, first one. You you did well on that question. You did really well. So I think I think we can have you back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you for the opportunity, and uh, hopefully everyone listening enjoyed me as well. Oh, I know I certainly did, Jordan. I hope they did too. Right, boys, let's wrap up. So we will be on Twitch. Twitch, so if you want, we will be running a live chat show. So if you want to come onto our Twitch channel, which will be in the link below in the description, um, Saturday from we'll be tuning in for the afternoon session, which will start at 1 p.m. UK time, so GMT, 2 p.m. CET. Uh, so jump on Twitch. We'll have the live timings up. We'll have everything going on from the media center. We'll be informing you with everything. You're not going to miss a moment of what happens during testing and we'll catch you up with anything that happened in the morning sessions as well. So if you want to come have a chat, have a chat with me, have a chat with some of the boys if they want to be on, um, Twitch is the place to be Saturday and Sunday. So on the weekend, we will be doing a bit of streaming. So hit that follow button on Twitch. Also, if you love us so much and you want to help the channel massively you can hit the patreon link as well that helps us out massively you know you can give us little as one dollar and you can get a chance to listen to some exclusive interviews that we've been doing for our magazine i want to say a massive thank you to all of you um we'll be back probably quite soon probably very soon to to discuss what's happened at testing and all the news stories and probably overreact massively to what has happened over the last uh, over the next three days so thank you so much for watching and listening you've been watching the FEZ show goodbye